0: we go to the second one, another 1950s, made by the same company, I'll let you know that, but the the little figures, they have a a specific name, it's the name of the company and something something, so it's uh, two words for the figures, give you about 15 seconds for that one, our old folks ought to be able to figure these out. when i was a kid they, they were a little fancier than that but they still made them and i had a little like airplane and uh... airport that went with it all right let's go to the next one Stu. Oh, this one's pretty easy actually had a light bulb in it, you plugged it in you, got a, you could make like a little cookie or a cake or something like that in it if you left it on too long and burned your house down on christmas night That one was pretty easy. All right, Stu, next one. Oh! 1960s! Believe it or not. These guys were ahead of their time. All right, Stu, let's give them the next one. Oh! This one's a hard one. This was one of Stu, our our video guy's favorite toys when he was a kid. You, you, You put that little, you pulled that little thing and the wheel spun and it went running down the road. Someone may get that. All right, enough groaning, we'll go to the next one. This was one of my favorite gifts. As a kid, when I got this, I didn't stop playing it for like three weeks. Snuck it into school, got in trouble with the teacher. The manufacturer is in El Segundo, California. I blocked out the names on there. You can see the little patches I put on there. You kids thought that having a Nintendo DS was cool, man. This was above that back in the day. All right, next one, Stu. Oh. This is another. This one wasn't there last night. I put this one in because it was too easy. You can go off the faces. That's the last part of the name. So if you if you look at what the faces kind of are, that's the last part of the name. That's a little hint for you. All right, Stu. There's a silence. We'll go for the. Oh, there's a gimme. There's an easy one. Oh, if you had the original ones of this, you'd be a wealthy person. All right. Oh, someone said next one out there. Kids like, hey, give me the next one. That was too easy. All right, Stu. Oh. Be very careful with this one. I have a story about this I'll tell you here once we figure out who it is. All right. Let's go to the next one, Stu. This was in honor of my son Michael, one of his favorite toys when he was a little boy. This one you need the full name, it it has, uh, it's the name of the company and then there's that, whoa, almost walked off the stage. Has two names at the end of it. Something something. Well yeah, you get to see yeah, I gave you away the name of the company there, Fisher Price there in the front. Fisher Price blank blank. All right, Stu, let's do the next one. Now when I when I showed this to a member of our staff, they said my parents wouldn't let me have them.. I'm not sure why the girl's stepping on the other one, but kind of goes with who they are, actually, so All right, Stu, next one. Here's another give me. If you look close enough, the name's actually on the little drawer there. Don't say it too loud. All right, Stu. The replacement to R2D2. I want to know the engineering that makes him work, actually. And it's not C-3PO. <laughs> All right, next one, Stu. Ooh, these were very popular. Very, very popular. <laughs> Stu, what do we got, one more? All right, here's the last one. Oh, these are very popular too, I'm told. I don't have little kids anymore. Hopefully my son, John, will get busy and give me grandchildren quickly. All right, five, four, three, two, one. All right, now we're going to grade them. All right, so Stu, take us back to 1950. Fisher-Price Corn Popper. Not popcorn, it's the Corn Popper. I almost walked off the stage again right there. So, All right, number two, Stu. Fisher-Price Little People. All right. All right, number three, Stu. 1960, the Kenner Easy-Bake Oven. If you don't have Kenner, that's okay. I'll give you a break on that. But if you had Easy Bake Oven. All right. Rock'em, sock'em robots. You don't have to have marks, but that'll be a bonus if you have marks. Rock'em, sock'em robots. All right. The Kenner SSP race. Did anybody get that? All right. They got it, Stu very good that's impressive alright the Mattel electronic football game alright here's the next one Thundercats did anybody get that whoa wow impressive alright Cabbage Patch Kids we got that very good alright next one Sleep and Snore Ernie Okay, Stu, hover there for a minute. Now, my daughter Nicole, when we were in seminary living out in Finley, Ohio, she got a sleep and snore Ernie. And uh, basically, the way our house was configured is our bedroom was on the first floor, and Nicole's bedroom was on the first floor. And she's just a little, she's an infant, she's in a crib, you know, maybe, I don't know, a year and a half old or something like that. And the boys were actually upstairs in the attic is where they they were at, and so... Uh, What sleeping Ernie would do, he would say, "I'm sleepy," and then he would start to 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 snore. And 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 then when you woke him up, he'd go, "I feel great." (laughs) And so it's like two o'clock in the morning, and coming out of Nicole's room, you know, we're we're asleep in our room. We're hearing, "I feel great," (laughs) and then it stops. And I'm like, what in the world was that? You know, and uh, you know I'm really brave and I want to take care of it. So I nudge Kathy and I'm like, hey, you need to go take care of that. <laughs> and she's like, what? And then you hear, I feel great. <laughs> and I'm like, honey, I think it's sleep and snore Ernie. Nicole must be rolling over on it in her crib. And Kathy's like, well, you go check it. You're the man of the house. I'm like, no, I'm scared. <laughs> she's like, oh, you're pathetic. So... She goes into the room, and she doesn't want to wake Nicole up, so she has the light off, and it's really dark out there, so she starts feeling around in Nicole's crib, and she can't find sleep and snore Ernie, and so uh, she's in the crib, and from behind her, she hears, I feel great, <laughs> and she's like, ah! <laughs> and so I come running into the room, and it's dark, and, and I flip on the light, and there's sleep and snore over in the corner, and, and I pick him up, and I'm looking at him, and he goes, I feel great. And I'm like, ah! I'm, like, waiting for his head to spin around or something like that. And here, you know, the batteries were wearing down, and he was freaking out. You know, I, like, ripped the batteries out of his back. So, anyhow, that's how brave your pastor is, all right? What's that? I did run in after her, that is true. All right, go ahead, Stu, next one. Fisher Price, Great Adventures, Castle actually has three names. So uh, if you just got Fisher Price Castle, I'll give that to you today, all right? Because I'm feeling awfully gracious, all right? Huh? If it just said Fisher Price Castle, I'll, I'll give you that, all right? Because I thought it was Adventure Castle, but it was Great Adventure Castle. So I told people it was only two words, it was really three. All right, next one. Bratz dolls. Anybody get that right? Oh, wow. All right. Oh, you guys are bad parents giving your kids those dolls. So. All right, Stu. Xbox 360, piece of cake. BB-8 droid. A lot of you guys, Star Wars fans, would have got that one right. Fingerlings. Fingerlings, all right, last one, LOL Surprise Dolls, who's got those, right? Very good, they come in like a little container or something, you don't know what you're getting right? Yeah, see how hip I am? Sue's so is that the last one? All right, so any of you get all 15 right? All right, how about 14? Ooh, I'm doing good, 13. All right, there you go. You guys are the winners here. Yeah, give them a round of applause. So there you go. Share with your group there. Take one, pass it around. All right, so the balance of this is I, you can just kind of stay in your seats. We'll give you your kids back in a bit, bit, all right? So, or you can leave and leave them with somebody else if you'd like. So, all right, so I need the green microphone is hot, right? Good. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask our kids, we'll start out with our kids, why in the world do we give presents on Christmas? Who can tell me why we give presents? Come over here to Sonny first in her gold sparkly outfit. Hello, Sonny, how are you? Good. So why do we give presents on Christmas? To be,
1: well, God Gives us presents for he died on the cross for us, so we give thankfulness to other people, and it's about giving. It's not just about the presents.
0: Very good. That's excellent, Sonny. Very good. Yeah, God, God give, gave us a present in Jesus. We're going to tie into that for a second. Is there there's some other reason why we might give presents? Where Where do you think people came up with this whole idea? We'll go back here. Hello there. How are you? Good. Why did they? Why did we? Why did we give presents?
2: Because God helped us get creative Because Jesus loves us, and she has to open presents. Okay. Very good. J-
0: Jesus gives us presents. Excellent. We're trying to think of a, let's, we're going to go with some kind of biblical tie-in, so we got to go way over here. I'm getting my steps in. I'm at 3,192 right now, so we'll get over here. How are you today? So where did we get this idea of presence come from? Um, the three wise men. Right, yeah, actually, yeah, and it wasn't, it was wise men, we don't know if there were three or not, the song actually kind of created that, but what was another name for the wise men, do you know what else they were kind of called, who knows what else, go go ahead, shout it out, real loud, kings, all right, they were called kings, there was another name, begins with M, yes, Jesse, oh, yeah, very good, say that in the microphone, Jesse, Magi, yeah, the Magi, that's exactly right, so, the Bible tells us that there was this group of, of kings or, or magi or wise men who came to Jesus, and they brought gifts for him. And uh, there were a couple gifts. What were the gifts? Who can help me out with the kinds of gifts that they had? All right, well, very good. Frankincense. Now, what, well, hold on, You guys are going too fast. Let me work on one at a time here. So do you know, uh, do you know what the frankincense represented? perfume Well, yeah, it's kind of perfume. What what what's at the end of frank? Incense. Incense, right? And what was the in where was the incense used? You know where the incense would have been used at in the Bible? No. Oh, that's okay. It was used in the temple, right? The priests would burn incense. The incense is, was symbolic of Jesus's priestly role. And why would they need to burn incense in the temple? What would be the practical reason for We're going to go back to this young man here. What's the practical reason that they would have burned incense in the temple?
1: To give
0: it to God. Well, to give it to God, absolutely. But there's a, another reason why, very practical reason why you're burning incense in the temple. Any other ideas? Yeah, that's exactly right. Why did it smell in the temple? Animal sacrifice. You start burning some flesh once, you're going to want to cover up that smell, all right? Very practical reason why they're burning incense in the temple. So yeah, these magi come to Jesus. They present him with frankincense. It's a symbol that he's, he's going to be a, a, our priest. Now, what other uh, items did they bring? Two other items. Raise your hand here. Go ahead from the back. Myrrh. And you know what myrrh was used for? Anybody know what you used myrrh for? Go ahead, Terry, or Tracy. That's exactly right. It's embalming. I mean, how's that for a present? Hey, welcome. I'm glad you got this new baby in your world. Here's some embalming fluid for you. And that was going to be a symbol that Jesus is going to die for us. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, well, it preserves the body. That's exactly what it does. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, and what was the third one? This is the easy one. Go ahead and shout it out. Gold, which represents what? That he's a king, all right? So this is, the, this is where we get the whole idea of giving gifts. Now, the thing the Bible tells us is that Jesus is God's gift for us. And the, the closest place or the first place that comes to mind when you think about Jesus being God's gift to us is in John 3:16 and 17. So we're going to see if one of our kids can uh, recite that from memory for me. Who can help? All, all right, coming all the way back here to a You're going to try for both verse 16 and 17 or just start with 16? All right, give me 16.
2: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life.
0: Very good. Excellent. Did I go down there, or are we all right here? Oh, we're still there. All right, excellent. Very good. And what's the balance? We'll put the balance up on the screen here for you. All right, for God did not send his son into the world, what? To condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So, so Jesus is this gift that God gives us ultimately for salvation, but, but there's a practical implication of this whole thing. And, and this is why I came up with the idea that Jesus' presence is actually the present. And we're going to work on this together for just a, a few moments. So uh, I've got a large verse to come up here. Go ahead, Stu. Bring this up. And I need a volunteer child to read this whole thing for us. Who can do that for me? Oh, all right. Come on up. All the way up. We're going to put you up on the stage here, all right? What is your name? Izzy. Izzy. Nice to meet you, Izzy. I'm Mike. Thanks for taking this challenge. Come on right up here. How's your... Uh, you going to try to read it from there or you want to read it from there here? All right, so let's read it from there. Keep that really close to your lips.
2: On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and... And other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already, fi- re- already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, "Teacher, do you, do you not care that we are,
0: well, perishing?" Okay. And- so stop for a second. Do you think that's what they really said? How they really said it? Do you think they really said it like, teachers, do you not care that we were perishing? Do you think they did it that way? How do you, can you read it the way you think they would have actually did it?
2: Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Excellent. Woo. Very good. Keep going. And he woke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea.
0: Now think about how Jesus is going to say this. How is Jesus going to say these next words? Look at him. Uh,
2: um Peace be still. <laughs> Very good.
0: All right. Very good. Keep going.
2: And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, "Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith?" And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is that, that even the wind and the sea obey him?
0: Great job, Izzy. Way to go. Thank you so much. Now, normally what happens is I spend time telling you what this says, okay? But we're not going to do that today. We're going to let you tell everybody else what you learn from this passage. You know, when you read something in the Bible, typically when we read in the Bible, the stuff that we read is really not about us. It's really about God. And so uh, my question for us this morning is, what are the things that we learn about Jesus in this account here? So uh, it can be adults or kids. Just raise your hand. I'll come to you with a microphone. Continue to raise the number of steps that I have here. So who wants to help me here? Who, what do we learn about Jesus from this? All right, coming back here. How are you? Do you know what we learned from Jesus from that? <laughs> no? Okay, just stretching, and I came back and harassed you? All right, no problem. What do we all come into the back here? So what do we learn about Jesus from this?
2: From what I gather, it's that they say they have faith, but yet every time he's proven something, they get scared and they don't believe like they're supposed to. And that's why he's trying to tell them, look, you guys say you believe me and you're following me, but when it comes down to it in the heat of the moment, when everything looks horrible, you run instead of embracing it.
0: Okay, very good. Yeah, this is the reality of, of the Christian walk a lot of times. Jesus delivers in our life, and then something bad goes again, and then we think he's not going to deliver again. So that's definitely one of the things that we learned. Come over here to Sonny. Sonny, what does this teach us about Jesus here?
1: It teaches us that um, when that they were like, like when they were. When the when they were telling their teacher do you care that we're perishing? Um, it teaches them that it teaches their teacher to know to to listen more or watch them more because if then if and and sometimes and, and sometimes, if you're not getting, if you're not paying attention, and you're doing stuff that isn't right, and your teacher is is not paying attention, then you
0: could really get in trouble. Okay, that's very good. Yeah, what's concerned was they were wondering whether Jesus really cared, weren't they? They're like, hey, you're asleep, and we're like perishing here. And do you not care about that? That definitely, that teaches us a lot about us, right? That a lot of times we like wonder whether Jesus really cares when the wheels are coming off in our lives. What else do we learn here? All right, Trace? Jesus has control over the over, over creation. Yeah, very good. He has control over creation, able to just say, hey, peace, be still, stuff stops, impressive. Did you have one? Uh, two things actually. <clears throat> one, is that Jesus, uh, though he was God, he was also man,
1: and he was so tired that he was sleeping through a storm
0: All right. on, a, on a boat. And the other thing was, he seems a bit impatient with their lack of faith. Yeah, no doubt, yeah. You think God can get impatient with our lack of faith? I would think so, yes. And it does show he's completely human. I mean, that's one of the things. I, I, you know, one of my favorite verses when we're told, what? He's tempted in every way but did not sin. I mean, that's a great reminder for us. Rihanna. Okay, I didn't get this from myself, but Paul Tripp, um, he pointed out that this actually reveals to us that um, God is sovereign over everything, so he actually sent them ahead knowing there would be a storm. So he sent them into the storm so that he could bring about um, something in them that they didn't even know they needed, which was essentially faith and trust in him. Very good. Yeah, this was something that we got missed last night, which and, and we ended up talking about a little bit, is this, that, that Jesus put them in a boat, told them to go to the other side. He's the sovereign God of the universe. He controls the weather, and what does he do? He puts them into a difficult place. Now, why in the world would God do that? That's why he does everything. He does it for his glory, so that his glory is seen. This is a very important thing for us to remember. There are lots of people in our church family right now who very bad things are happening in your life. And those very bad things that are happening in your life are a result of one of two things. Either Jesus causing that to happen into your life, or Jesus permitting it to happen in your life. And, And it's all designed for his glory. I mean, the suffering that we have in life if it is not for a greater purpose, then, then, then we, we serve a, a God who's evil. What God does is he takes our suffering and he uses it for his glory. He uses it to lift himself up. And in the process, in the midst of that pain, we end up getting blessed. A lot of times we don't see that until the very end, though. A couple other things, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap our, our service up here. What other things do we learn from this? Hello again.
2: I just wanted to add that um, in the verse, if you study it carefully, uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples of resting in him and obedience. When he said, let us go across to the other side, we have to obey. When, when God speaks, he wants us to
0: obey and also resting in him. That's why he was sleeping on a boat as an example of he is rest. He is our perfect peace. Very good. Excellent That's insights. How about two more? Alright, coming over here. That he cared for us. Can you bring that up a little, Richard?
1: That that he cares for us?
0: Yeah, very much so. That's exactly right. He care he cared for them, right? He he put up with their shenanigans a little bit and he shows that he cares for them. Alright, one last one. Alright, coming over here. Well, hello there. How are you today? Our microphone's running out of charge.
2: He died on the cross for us.
0: Yes, he died on the cross for us. I mean, that's the greatest care that he shows, right? Is he was willing to die so that we might live. And so the the point that I was just trying to bring out on this whole thing this morning is that Jesus is God's present to us, but the very fact that he can be present in our lives that's really the beautiful gift. It lets, us, it lets us know that we can get through whatever storm that God might bring, whatever pain might come into our lives that we can turn to him. There's a couple other just interesting things in this and we'll just wrap up with this. No, notice that it tells us that, uh, that this storm comes up. Uh, the other boats were with him and a great windstorm came but he was in the storm asleep on the cushion and they woke him saying, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You know, and so they're, they're, they're afraid, all right? And he says, why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? And, and notice then that, that Jesus says, why are you so afraid? And then we're told that they, uh, when they finally realize who Jesus is, what? Now they greatly fear. That, that, they're, they're, and that And that term fear is is typically used for all, that they were in amazing awe of who he was and what he's up to. So, That's our uh, little uh, time for our kids today. So Pastor Paul, come on up. We're going to sing one last song with Raisha, and then we will send you guys on your way home to watch football or do something like that. Who knows what it is. So just stand with us as we uh, prepare to close.